We are in a series called The Harvest of Grace, and what we have seen in this series up till this point is we've looked at how God calls us as believers to step out in generosity. And God's call to generosity is so much a part of his own nature of who he is. He is a generous God, and he is generous toward us. And because of his generosity towards us, as we lean into his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his love, his generosity to us, then it compels us to move out in generosity towards others. When we focus on his grace in our lives, it it moves us to lead out, not just in, in mission, we'll talk about that, but also financially in generosity to support and to help those in need and to help fund his mission to share the gospel. Last week, we moved from specifically talking about the call in our own lives personally to be generous, and we started talking last week about how we as a church, as Trailhead, are called by God to be generous as a church with our funds, but also with our people, with our resources. And we're called to move out in generosity as a church together in a way to spread the message of God's grace, not just by us locally here in Edwardsville trying to share the gospel, which we do try to share the gospel with as many people as we can, but how we can partner together and send together resources, people, leaders, time, and prayer to start new churches to spread that mission. We are, Trailhead Church is a church planting church. It's been a part of who we are since the very beginning. That we started, when this church was started, it was started with the goal that we would start this church with the very intentional idea of sending out teams to start more churches. And we've done that now three times, or we're getting ready to send out our third church planner. Last week, if you were here, um, or if you were able to catch up on the stream, Uh, After it got posted a little late, apologies. We think everything's working today. I hope you're watching us online. We're so glad if you are. Um, Steve last week talked to Brian, Brian Pacheco. He's currently our worship leader here at Trailhead, but in January, he is moving out with a team of 13 other uh, Trailhead folks, and they are going to Phoenix, Arizona, and they're going to plant a church out there. Um, And if you didn't get to see that last week, I'd highly encourage you to jump online and and watch that conversation between Steve and Brian about what that looks like. Next week, we'll have a special guest, uh, Corey Johnston, who planted our first daughter church, Heights. Heights Church in Collinsville, Illinois. You may have seen Heights or heard of them. Um, You may know Corey. If not, you'll be in for a treat next week when you get to hear from him and what that was like and what that journey was like for him and how they've planted heights in Collinsville and they're just doing an amazing job of spreading the gospel there. In between Corey, our first church planner, and Brian, our third church planner, was a guy named Aaron. That was me. I was our second church planner. Um, I've been a middle child for most of my life, actually, ironically. (laughs) And with everything that comes with that. And um, in 2016, I and a team uh, set out from Trailhead to plant a church in Troy, Troy, Illinois, that was called Access Church. Now, just connect the dots. Many of you know this. Most of you have already figured this out just by the fact that I preach here quite frequently. Um, Access Church no longer exists. We started in 20, well, I say we started in 2016. 
For us, for me, for my family, we started way before that. Um, it was a, a, a dream, a vision that God had given to me many, many years before that, at least, at least as early as 2010, um, and potentially planting seeds even before that. We started out really strong in 2016. We had people supporting us. We were never underfunded. A lot of people, if a church plant closes down, a lot of people think, oh, you ran out of money. We never ran out of money. We had a team. Um, we jumped in to invest in the community. We were involved doing stuff in Troy all the time, a part of different community events, um, hosting stuff on our own. We hosted Bible studies in our home. Uh, we did prayer walks together with our team. We ended up renting space at a local elementary school. We had Sunday services for a while, and we just never grew. And in fact, between our first public service, which happened in October of 2016, in through the beginning of 2017 and on, instead of growing, we shrank. We started, our, our largest public service ever was our first one. And from there on, we just got smaller and smaller. We, we just never got any missional momentum going as a church. And after a lot of really hard conversations and a lot of prayer, it was in late spring of 2017. In fact, very specifically, remember it was the week before Mother's Day. Uh, we had to make the really painful decision to close down Access Church. Now, here we are at Trailhead, and we're going through this series about how God calls us to generosity. And sometimes he calls us to big, big steps of faith. Big steps of sacrifice. And he promises us in his word that if we follow him, if we obey him, he promises us that we will be blessed in the following. If we obey him. So the question, the question that comes up to me, the question that could come up to you, if or when you follow God's call to obey, you follow God's call to give. You do something deeply sacrificial. You give financially or you give in your time or you give your work or you give, I don't know, seven years of your life and the thing that you invested in never comes to be. What do you do with that? So in that time in, in 2017, there was a scripture that became very, very important to my family um, throughout that time. And I want to look at that scripture together today. This is going to be our text for this morning because it speaks to that question of what do you do when you give, when you sacrifice, when you step out, when you obey, and it doesn't happen, it doesn't work out the way you thought it would. It's in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, there should be a Bible under one of the chairs in front of you. And if you're in that, you can go to page 615. And I want to look at this passage together. Before we read the passage in Isaiah 55, I want to make crystal clear what my goal is for you this morning, okay? Um, some of you may be feeling called by God, especially over the course of this series. Honestly, when God's calling, he usually uses different, separate things. So it's this series, but it's not just this series, and there's something else that's been going on because that's how God works. All these little things start to pull together and you're like, where is this coming from? 
And maybe Steve said something in a sermon, or maybe I say something today, or Brian said something last week, and it just hits like something else you've been thinking. Don't discount that, because that's often how God works in those little different things speaking together. And you're feeling called. Some of you might be feeling called to step into a deeper type of generosity, to give, to serve, whatever it is. And what's holding you back is a fear of what if I fail? What if I give, and either the thing I give to doesn't work out, or in giving, my finances are stretched beyond what I can actually handle? Or you're being called to serve, and you're like, what if I step out to serve, and it doesn't work? What if I don't succeed? What if I'm not as good at that as I thought I would be? Or what if it takes up too much time? Or what if, what if, what if, what if? What if I fail? So here's what I want to tell you this morning, and invite you into this morning. I failed. I do not regret following. And so my goal today is to share with you why that is. Why in spite of a failure, I can still say I would do it all over again. Let's read this passage in Isaiah. Isaiah 55, starting in verse number 8. The prophet Isaiah says this, actually God says this, speaking through the prophet Isaiah, he says this, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The word of the Lord. So let me give you a little bit of context on this scripture. Okay, Um, Isaiah is a prophet. He's speaking specifically to God's people, to the Hebrews. He's speaking about a time that will come when they will be brought into captivity and assuring them that God will still be with them during that time of captivity. But what is cool for us as we look at this passage, even with that context in mind, We could look at this and say, well, okay, so Isaiah is speaking specifically, God's speaking through Isaiah specifically to a specific group of people at a specific time about a specific event that is going to happen to them. And that is true. However, the passage we are looking at, we're not, and we always need to be careful, right, when we look at Scripture, we don't want to pull things out of context. But what we just read is God speaking about himself. And the truths that are true about God are true, period. If it was true about him then, it's true about him now. And so whether he was saying it to someone else or saying it directly to us, it applies to us because if it's true, it's true. If it's true about God, it's true forever, for anybody, for always. And there are two really clear truths in this passage that I think are absolutely I mean, they're beautiful, they're important, and for me, they were absolutely essential as I walked through a time of God doing something that was totally different than what I expected him to do. Here are the two truths. 
two uh, crystal clear truths. Number one, we don't always understand what it is that God is doing. And number two, God is always successful in whatever it is he is doing. Both these truths are here in this passage, and they're both, and they work together, and we have to see them both to understand how we can approach failure. Number one, we don't always understand what God is doing. Look at verse eight again. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. We don't think like God. God doesn't think like us. It's real easy for us to try to figure everything out because that's what we do, right? We look at things and God's calling us to something and we say, oh, God wants me to do this because he wants this, this, and this. We don't know. God doesn't think like us. As the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. There's a gulf between the way God thinks and the way we think. And it's, it's a huge, huge gulf, okay? It's not the difference between, I don't know, the valedictorian and the salutatorian. It's the difference between heaven and earth. It's vast, okay? God doesn't think like us, just period. And taking that truth plus the second Whatever God is doing, he will succeed. He says it again, and look at verse 11. My word that goes out from my mouth shall not return to me empty. His word being the gospel. His word being the truth, the good news. The good news of what he is doing to restore this world. The way he is bringing a people to himself. Reconciling people to himself. We know Isaiah didn't know necessarily, he hinted at it. The people originally hearing this from Isaiah didn't understand that the ultimate work of that reconciliation would happen through Jesus. That when Jesus came and lived that perfect life and died sacrificially, that he would complete that ultimate work of reconciliation through himself. We know that now. When that word goes out, when that story goes out, when we tell people the story of who Jesus is and what he has done for us, God says, it will never return empty. It will accomplish, but here's really key, because this is where the two truths go together. It will accomplish what? That which I, which God, purposes. It shall succeed, it shall succeed what? In the thing for which I sent it. See, what God's not saying here, he's not saying, whatever you do, you will succeed in the way you measure success. I planted Access Church. My, my vision of success was to have a big, thriving church. Years on. At least five years on, right? And years and years and years on. So it's really easy for me to look at it and say, I failed. But God says, it didn't fail in what his purpose for it was. God's definition of success is not the same as our definition of success. Now, when I say that this passage was huge for us during 2017, I'm implying, and let me just make it crystal clear, church planting is not a solo endeavor. Okay? When we say, when we say Brian is going to plant a church in Phoenix, it's not just Brian. He's got a team going with him. And part of his team is he has a family going with him. When we planted Access Church, it wasn't just me alone. We had a team. We had 12 adults and a lot of kids. 
We had prayer partners. There are people in this room who were praying fervently on a very regular basis for us. We had financial partners. Trailhead in general, and then individuals from within Trailhead supported us financially. We had a team. More than any of that, I have a family. And my wife, Joni, was as absolutely integral to Access Church as I was in every single way. So when I talk about our story, and this morning as we kind of unpack our story, I really cannot do this alone because this is not just my story, this is our story. So I've asked Joni and she's agreed to come on up and join me. And so she is going to uh, help us understand a little bit what this all looked like. So if you give us a second. Everybody, this is Joni. Good morning. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming up and joining us. You're welcome. Um, Just a little bit of context. So for those of you who have been here a while um, and have heard parts of this story before, uh, the week, two weeks after we closed down Access Church, Steve asked me to come up on stage and talk about it together. So think about that. That was fun. <laughs> two weeks later. And he had invited both of us, and at the time, it was, it was still pretty raw. And I'm um, just reckless enough that I was like, sure. Um, Joni at the time was like, I just can't right now. Um, but last week... Um, I'd been planning, we had the schedule, I was going to be preaching about this for quite some time, um, knew I was going to be preaching about access and all that kind of stuff, but last week while, while Steve was interviewing Brian, um, God spoke to both of us at the same time, and on the way home from church, we're talking about it, and it was like, and she said to me, what if I, what if I join you? And I was like, I was thinking the exact same thing, and when that happens, I'm not saying we're married, I'm not saying we never think the same thing. It's pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> When it happens, it's a pretty good, pretty good sign, so. Yeah, I debated whether or not to say anything when I felt that prompting. I kind of had a feeling that it meant something, so. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Um, so, so I want to just kind of go back a little bit. Obviously, we, we, we don't have time this morning to go through the entire um, story of, of everything that went on with Access, but let's go back a little bit to the beginning. We... God was calling us to plant a church, and let's talk a little bit about how that felt, like in the beginning, when it was all fresh, when it was all new. How were you feeling about all that? As always, I was feeling a lot of things. Um, I felt excited. Um, As somebody who didn't grow up a church, um, I didn't come to faith until I was in early adulthood, uh, my late teens. And um, the idea of creating a space for people who weren't church people, for people who maybe were intimidated by church, the way it is traditionally um, done, um, it just was exciting to me to create that space where they would feel welcome, where they would feel free to come in with their questions and their uncertainty, um, and just to love them in that and to meet them there. And so, um, yeah, I had that excitement, but then um, also fear. You know, the idea of stepping out and doing something unknown, doing something like that that is, um, in my mind, a a big step, a big leap, um, that was scary. That was really scary. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, I I mean, I remember the 
the biggest fear to me, ironically, I already mentioned this, was finances. Um, the idea of like, what are we doing? If I, if I quit my job and I just step out and we've got like these 12 people, like there's no way we're going to be able to afford this. What would this mean? Not just for the church, but for our family. Um, I, was, I was terrified about that. I was, ex- I was excited to. Um, genuinely wanted to spread the gospel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had that vision and we talked about that. Like, what would this look like? What could this be, you know? Um, I think one of the crazy things was how different the reality of church planning is from the vision, kind of the romanticized idea of what it could be. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things in that that kind of like, oh, this is not what I expected kind of <laughs> stuff? Yeah, I think there was a lot for us that was different than what we expected. Um, and, and kind of the thing that I think in church planning that, that keeps you going even when things are different is just that, that vision, that vision casting to each other and reminding each other. Um, but one of the positive things for me that was different was just the depth of community that I felt with our team, our team that went out and encouraged us and supported us, who served in ways that were outside of their comfort zone. Um, and they did that all while um, being in community with us and loving us and supporting us. So that was incredibly yeah. beautiful um, to me. And I just greatly appreciated that. Um, the other thing that I think surprised me is, is that piece of I really thought and felt like if, if we have the finances, if we are able to have that, then everything else will fall into place, right? Like we had been to assessments, we'd been doing an internship here at Trailhead. I was like, the other things will fall into place. Um, so that was kind of the ironic piece that yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. quite work out. Yeah, it was that idea like, well, if we have the money and we can rent a space and we can get the equipment we need and the signage and that cool logo you saw a little bit ago... Um, we paid a lot for that logo. I was very proud of it. Um, but it's like, if we get that stuff, if we yeah. make the promotion, if we send out the mailers. Oh, um, the mailers. Yeah. <laughs> send a mailer with a picture of your face to everyone in the community. <laughs> There's a little weirdness there. But um, if we can do all that stuff and start, then people will just show up. Right. And, you know, once I, you know, we'll, we'll get there and we'll start, we'll have music and we'll start preaching and it'll just grow and grow and grow. And it was like, no, we, we got to that point, and it was like, from there, no. Right. You know? Um, it, it, I felt like there was not like a, there was no big scandal. There was no big, like, dramatic, like, Christianity Today is not going to be doing a 14-part podcast <laughs> about the rise and fall of Access Church. Like, that's not coming. Um, Thankfully. <laughs> I've been trying, I've been emailing them like with ideas, but they won't, won't, no. Um, Instead, it was just this kind of slow, there were moments. um, Were there moments that you kind of started to see like, oh, this is not, not just it's different, but it's not going to happen. Like, when did you start to feel that or get that kind of? So I didn't have like a specific aha moment or a specific instance, um, but there were some conversations, a series of conversations that you and I started to have, um, and basically kind of the, the ground of them, like what was going on, was we were talking about 
changing the DNA of the church, you know, that vision, that dream that we had of, you know, this kind of church, this is our goal of reaching people in this way, um, talking about changing that in order to get more people, just to get people in the door. And that, for me, kind of gave me that feeling in the pit of my stomach of something's not right here. And so that was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole goal was, like you said, to plan a church so that people who uh, didn't know God, weren't necessarily church people, could have an in. And when it's like, well, maybe we can fudge that a little bit and just get enough people to get going, and then we'll get back to that later. And uh, somebody said to me, you know, and I talked to a lot throughout this process, talking to a lot of different advisors and stuff, and somebody made the comment of, are are you planning a church that you would want to go to? And I was like, ooh, that's a good question. Because at that point, the answer was no. <laughs> like, I mean, I was going because I was preaching, and so, you know, I had to. But um, there was a moment for me on Easter Sunday, Easter of 2017. So Easter is, I mean, you guys, Easter is like the big Sunday for most churches. It's a celebration, and it is because of what is being celebrated. Easter is an awesome day. That was the worst Easter of my life. Um, we did a service in the park in Troy, and it was just like, I mean, our team was there, yeah. and that was it. Right. And so I'm like preaching, and we're doing worship on Easter, and the whole time I'm just feeling like, oh, my goodness. Um, and that was very, I mean, I'm not, it wasn't like I walked away from that, that Sunday and was like, we're done. But it was like, that was a very clear indication, like, this is just not going to happen. So. Yeah, that was really difficult. I remember there was one woman walking her dog through the park and just kind of watching her and even hoping she would just pause and listen or engage yeah. in some way just to affirm what we were doing, you know. And so that was just, that was, that was tough. That was really tough for us and for our team, for sure. If she'd come by, I would have counted the dog and counting our attention because <laughs> I was at that point. Um, so throughout that time, so we got, we got to the point, like I said, it wasn't Easter, but it was within a month or two of that, that we officially closed everything down. Um, and that was scary, too, because we'd had so many people sacrifice, so many people give, um, join our team. We'd had those conversations, um, but I, maybe unwisely, probably unwisely, had always been talking to our team. I'd always been like, this is great. This is so awesome. Everything is going to be great. We're closing things down. And so I was afraid. Yeah. Um, what's this going to be like? What are the people who have given? What are the people who are serving with us going to feel? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, it was really difficult thinking about having those conversations, partly I mean, this was our livelihood at the time, yeah. you know, so there's that aspect, like, if we are obedient to what we feel like God is calling us to, to close this, to stop meeting, um, there goes our income, like, immediately, and so that was, that was scary, but yeah. then, too, that piece of all the people who were generous, all the people who gave and partnered with us, the people who believed in the vision, um, and the people who just came and supported. I mean, so many people, even from here, gave up time to be here, yeah. to go and be at our service and to serve. And just honestly, 
I was so afraid that somebody was going to email or call or whatever and say, I want my money back. <laughs> you know, like I, I gave to this and I expected to see a church. And what did you do? You know, yeah. and so I was terrified, but that never came. No. Never, not, not one. Like people were so gracious and encouraging and loving. I was amazed. It was not what I expected again. Yeah. So. Yeah, lots of people saying things like, oh, I'm sorry. How can we help? What could we have done? And it was like, you didn't, you were awesome. <laughs> right. Everybody, you were awesome. Everybody did everything yeah. they could. You just said something. I'm sorry. This was a name, like we kind of talked through this, but you just said something that I hadn't even, like it just clicked. You said we were thinking about how to obey in closing down the church. We've always talked about obedience as stepping out to plant the church. Um, it was just as big of a step of obedience to close it down as it was to step out to open it. Right, and I think that financial piece being there like, was yeah. a temptation to keep going until yeah. like, we were completely dry. Let's, let's keep trying. Let's keep... Um, but I do think there was, you know, God was making it clear to us that he had accomplished, apparently, what he was planning yeah. to do. And had more to do through the closing yeah. than even what he would... Wow. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> so during that time, um, I said this already, but this was true. Isaiah 55 mm-hmm. was this passage for us that just resonated. And I don't even know, and we've talked about, we were trying to kind of sort this out. Like, I don't know who, I mean, it's always been in the Bible, but I don't know which <laughs> of us like at that time was like, look at this. Right. But it's for some reason, it was just like, whoa, there it is. Can you kind of unpack for you why that resonated, that, that passage was just so powerful? I think it is funny because, um, you know, sometimes you have a moment where you're like, oh, that's an aha moment where God really showed me something or something became clear. And I don't know how that passage came to our attention. Yeah. Um, but specifically in verses 10 and 11, where he says, when the water or the snow come down, they don't evaporate, they sink into the earth, they water the soil and new life is created. It sprouts up. It provides seed for the sower, and it provides bread, and just the idea of that provision. And again, you think about this church plant, and we don't have anything to show. Like, the rain came down, if we're going to use that metaphor, and then it, it, it sank in, and we don't know. Um, but just that idea and that hope being rekindled that God is doing something underneath. Like, Whatever, whatever we did, whatever work that we did in sharing the gospel and loving people and loving the community, that God, God was doing something under the surface, something that we couldn't see, and he can create new life, and he can provide, and he can sustain. And that just was incredibly a beautiful picture to me, and then that pointed me up to those previous verses that were his ways are higher than our ways, and he knows things that we don't know. Um, and so just that encouragement and that hope that that sparked in me again, that, okay, we can technically call this a failure if we need to call it something, <laughs> but God didn't fail. He yeah. accomplished and will accomplish what he set out to do. Yeah. I get to a point where I'm like, so obviously at the beginning of this, I kept saying, I failed, we failed, but I debate using that word. Yeah. We didn't accomplish what we, what we set out to. Right. But man, if I believe Isaiah 55 is true, we didn't fail. We obeyed. And God 
And in some ways, who knows what? But the, I mean, we do know, like now, looking back, there are pieces that we can see in our own lives that God was doing something in us, for sure. Like, you and I were changed by that experience. Yeah. Um, that's an easy thing to say kind of in the vague, like, we were changed, but specifically, can you talk about some things that, like, looking back, like, oh my goodness, God did this through, in, to, however you want to say it, with us. Yeah. I think there are so many things within the process of church planting that now, especially looking back, I can see um, how God was working. Um, I think one thing was just his faithfulness all throughout, um, his faithfulness to provide financially, his faithfulness to provide a team that uh, was sacrificial and loved and cared for us. Like, that was amazing. Um, But also, too, I think um, just the way that he pushed me to trust him, um, I feel like I had to surrender some things. You know, church planting, like, we didn't have control over everything. And so um, I had to surrender some things and give those to him and trust him with those. And then um, I think that has built within me just that ability to go maybe a little quicker, not always, not perfectly, um, but just a little bit quicker to hand some things over to him and to trust him with those. Um, and again, pointing right back to that, that, those verses in Isaiah, like I can trust him to accomplish what he wants to accomplish with those things. Um, and then I think just a deeper experience of his grace. And that is both like in the church planting and then in the returning here. Yeah. I, I don't know... I'm sure you remember, but just that feeling of coming back here. And again, we, we felt like we failed, right? We didn't do what we set out to do. Um, but we were met with such grace by the leadership of Trailhead, um, such love. They weren't ashamed of us. They welcomed us back in, yeah. put you on the stage <laughs> to talk about it. And even now, like, it's, it's not like we um, are hidden away. It's not like they don't want us to share our story. And I think that is just a beautiful picture of who God is and the grace that he gives to us. Yeah. Yeah, well, it would be easy right now to be like, oh, we're sending out Brian to plan our second, right. our second daughter church. We've got Heights and Brian. And, and that's never been the way this church is. And it wasn't for us then. It would have been really easy for us, I think, in that time to just kind of slip away you know, and we talked, we, we talked, let's be honest, we talked about yeah. maybe, we, maybe we go to Heights, maybe we go <laughs> um, somewhere else, and yet just the love, I mean, specifically Stephen Lauren, um, but the elders, the, the, our community group, mm-hmm. we went back into the same community group we had been in prior, and just, yeah, God's love in that way opened in me. I mean, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I can't imagine how anybody could go through what we did without growing in humility. Um, And so definitely God was doing that work in my heart. But in that humility, to be open, to be able to to approach other people with the kind of grace he had shown us, the kind of mercy um, that we were experiencing um, was huge. And then missionally, too, we've talked about this before, like we grew in our vision of what it means to be on mission. You know, um, prior, I think I had thought being on mission meant having a big church and preaching to a lot of people and having, you know, a lot of conversions and baptisms. And God has really done something 
in us and shaping the way we look at being in, on mission just in our own neighborhood, mm -hmm. just in the relationships we have with people around us who are not necessarily at trailhead, but that we know and connect with our neighbors on a much deeper level and are able to be on mission to them in that way too. Yeah, I think we learned the value of intentionality in that um, because when you're planning a church, you're very intentional about connecting with people and interacting with people. Um, and I think that's something that we just saw like, oh, this is a way that God works. Um, and so, yeah, that intentionality is huge. Yeah. So I already said this, so I'm going to ask you. It's this one. It's in the notes, so you can be mad at me later. But um, um, would you do it over again? <laughs> Um, She'll come back in the second service to answer. <laughs> right. If you're asking me right now, do I want to go plant a church? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. But um, would I step out to plant Access Church again? Yes, I would. I absolutely would. Um, even knowing all the hard pieces, um, I like to think just as far as loving and caring for people, some of those things would be different, you know? Yeah. Um, but God did so much, and he transformed us in a way that I think was worthwhile. I think it was worth going through that process um, to be able to be on this side and have that deeper experience of who he is and what he can do and how he worked in us. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're thank welcome. you for joining up here. Thank you. Can you guys tell Joni thank you? I've... <laughs> That's... Um... That's not easy. Um, it's not easy for me as a guy who stands up here and talks on and on and on many, many weeks out of the year. And so it's definitely not easy for, uh, for her to jump up here and talk about something that was hard. And yet, I hope what you hear, it was hard, but it was so worth it. And there was so much sweetness and so much grace. And, um, and part of that is a huge thank you um, to many of you. I know a lot of you have come two trailheads since then. Um, for some of you, this is like a new story. Um, but for many of you, many, many of you, you were here through that. Um, and just I'm just looking around right now and seeing faces and remembering conversations and meals and um, moments when you committed to give and just um, that was so amazing and so incredible for us. And we are so grateful. Um, and we, like I said, we don't regret it. Call it a failure, call it whatever. It wasn't what we set out for. It didn't end up looking the way we thought or hoped or dreamed it would look. But it was what God wanted. And I can say that with, with assurance. Um, I don't know for you what God's calling you to do. I don't know what step of sacrifice he's asking you to make. I don't know if he's asking you to give more financially. I don't know if he's asking you to uh, volunteer in a way that you have not volunteered before. Hey, we've said this. Brian's going out and he's taking 13 people with him and, and they're leaders in this church. They're committed servants in this church. There will be holes left, both financial and missional service holes left. And if you're here, and if you haven't invested, if you've been on the sidelines, if you've been watching, it is, I believe, very possible, I, I'm sure, 
that God is speaking to people and saying, it's time. It's time for you to step in. It's time for you to invest. I don't know what that will mean for you. And I don't know what it will look like for you. And I don't know what fears might be holding you back. Here's what we all, all need to hear. When we follow, God succeeds. Obedience is ours. The results are his. So whatever it is that God's calling you to do, you may not understand, we may not always understand why or how or what he's up to. We can't put those pieces together. But the promise that he makes is that he is always up to something. He's always up to a million different things. And he will succeed. The call to you is an invitation to experience his grace, his mercy in a deeper way than you may have ever experienced it before. The invitation that God gives to generosity is the invitation to trust him with your story. We're going to, at this time, uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to share communion together. Um, and so I invite our, our band to come back on up um, and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, you are a good God. God, your ways are so much higher than my ways. And if I could write my story, I know exactly what I would write and it would look nothing like the story you've written for me. And it wouldn't be nearly as good because you are a good God. And your love and your mercy and your grace poured out through Jesus are so good. Thank you. God, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your call. Thank you even for the pain. Because the pain brought me closer to you. And I'm so grateful for that. God, I don't know what you're calling the people here to today. But I know, I know that whatever it is, it is for their good. And I pray that they would obey. I pray that I would obey even when it's hard. Because I trust you. Please grow my faith. Please give us all more faith to trust you in a deeper way. Help us to follow you because of the love that you have shown us. In your name I pray. Amen.